0: We're just going to spend a few minutes. Uh, I think there's a question that's been um, on my heart, a question that I think is important for us to kind of think through. And then we're just going to spend about 20 minutes. um, Typically on a Sunday, um, we usually go longer, but there's guests. When there are guests come over, we we put on our best behavior and put our best suits and we're only going to talk for 20 minutes and I'm not going to share any details about my personal life or how bad and ornery I am, but that might come out. Um, We also celebrate um, we're celebrating Easter today, and I'm really excited about Easter I'm excited about this week. um, Not only because it's Easter, but tomorrow the Yankees are coming in to play um, The Guardians and if you don't know don't boo Um, If you don't know I'm from New York City um, And I support the greatest franchise of all time so I hear cheers. The only thing I hear, I hear cheers, so if you're booing. No, that was a little, you see, I told you it was gonna be ornery. All right, so um, let's, let's redeem this situation right now. Open up your Bibles. If you have a Bible, you can open up to Matthew 28. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the pew back right in front of you, and you can turn to page 835. 835 in the pew back Bible in front of you. I promise we're, we're only gonna talk for about 20, 25 30 40 minutes maybe no 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 um and and i want to answer this one question because like i imagine you came in this room and maybe you maybe your mom and dad maybe your grandparents they made you come and you're like what am i doing i can be right now having um brunch or i can be doing something better why am i at church why am i here Maybe you came here and you're going to watch a couple of family members or friends get baptized and you're thinking to yourself, okay, what's the big deal? I want to help you answer that question, what the big deal is. I want to answer this one question is why is the resurrection important for you? Why is the resurrection important for me? Like what? What makes a difference that, that what they say in the Bible, a guy died, and then he goes into this tomb, and all of a sudden, he comes out, and we have a nice choir, Byron's dressed nicely, they're singing, and we're talking about this guy who came out of a tomb. Who cares? Huh? What does that mean for me? What? I mean... The empty tomb doesn't do anything for my relationship, my marriage, my kids, my job. It doesn't do anything. Oh, I want to show you um, why it's so important and what it actually does. All right. So Matthew, this is the gospel of Matthew chapter 28. We're going to just look at the first seven verses. I'm going to give you some thoughts and then we'll, we'll end and then watch some baptisms page 835 in that Bible in the pew back in front of you. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. So, Jesus has died, they, they put him in the tomb, and what they're going to do is they're going to take care of the body. They're gonna clean the body up as they, as they normally did. That was the Jewish custom. You, you kinda take care of the body, you clean the body, you prepare it. Um, and verse two it says, and behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came down and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Right. So, so an angel comes down and opens the tomb because the tomb was sealed. And the reason why the angel comes opening the tomb is not so that Jesus can come out it's so that the women can go in. That's why he opens the tomb. It's Jesus is not there. He opens it so that they can go in. If you remember the story, there's two guards watching the tomb because the religious leaders thought that the body was going to get stolen. So they put two guards in front of the tomb so that no one would come in and then they sealed it. So the angel comes, opens up the tomb. Not so that Jesus can come out so that the women can go in and because they came down, there was a big earthquake and look what the gospel of Matthew says in verse three, his appearance, there's more than two angels, but this is just one. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow and fear of him. The guards trembled and became like dead men. So what happened? Well. Like you and me, if we saw an angel, what do we do pass out? And hopefully there's some cushion so that we're not concussed. So they fainted as they should verse five. And the angel said to the woman, this is beautiful. Like, think about their their situation, right? That a man was accused of a crime he didn't commit. The family has to be there to watch the brutal torture of someone that they loved, knowing that he was innocent. What they said he did, he did not do. The Roman government said he didn't do what they said he did. Everyone knew that he was innocent. Everyone knew he was innocent. So so the women come to the tomb, they're grieving for the loss of a loved one. Knowing he was innocent and how sweet the angel is to just say to them Do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified This is my favorite verse in this chapter Look at verse six This is what the angel says to them he is not here For he has risen, and this is a big phrase right here, as he said, meaning this was planned all along. There are no surprises in God's story. God is not reacting to us or the things that are happening in this world. It was preordained. Meaning that God had a plan since the beginning of creation that he was going to send his son to die on the cross for your sin and my sin. And then not only that, he was going to have him come out of that grave. So, so here is the beautiful picture of what Jesus has done. And the angel said, he is not here for He is risen." I love the gospel of Luke. It's, it's the, my favorite verse in that chapter. Luke um, says, this is what the angel told the women. I, it's a little sarcastic. I'm from New York, so I like sarcasm, I think. So this is what the angel says um, in the Gospel of Luke. He says, why do you seek the living among the dead? Meaning, meaning who, who are the people in the cemetery? Well, the only people in the cemetery are the people who are dead and the people who are visiting the, the graveyards. So the angel tells the women, why do you come looking for a person who's alive in a cemetery? He is not here. He has risen. Why is this so important? What does this mean for you and me? I, I want you to focus your attention on that last part of verse six. He is not here. He has risen as he said. It was planned from the very beginning. And if this was planned, Meaning, if God orchestrated this entire plan, the world tried to manipulate, the the world government tried to intervene. If this was God's plan, then that means that God's word is true. If God said it and did it, that means for me and you, the resurrection, we now can believe the Bible to be completely trustworthy. Trustworthy. You and I can have the faith to believe that what God put in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is true. If the authors of the gospel were able to to communicate what Jesus said. And Jesus promised, I think of two verses in Matthew that Jesus says, hey, listen, don't forget, like, I'm going to die. Get ready. I'm going to die. Uh, But here's what's going to happen. Three days later, I'm going to come back to life. We're going to rendezvous in Galilee. So... Um, don't worry, I'm going to come find you. Just wait for me. Three times he said that. Three times in the gospel, he says, I'm coming back. But what do we know in this story? Well, they were afraid. They were anxious and fearful because they did not believe what he had said. So if Jesus said, I'm coming back and if Jesus came back then you and I have to look at the Bible and say this is true this is absolutely true God accomplishes what he said he would do God fulfills his promises from Genesis to Revelation God says he will do something he's going to do it the second thing I want us to know this morning that what the Bible says and that little verse shows us that Jesus is trustworthy you can trust Jesus He's not afraid of you. He's not overwhelmed by your promise, uh, by your problems and situations. He can handle your doubt. He can handle your fear. He can handle every single problem that you find yourself in. Jesus is trustworthy. Your bitterness, your anger, your frustration, your bad marriage, your crazy kids, you laugh, but they're crazy. You're still laughing like he can take care of that. He's trustworthy. Look at what he did for us, right? I mean, look what God demonstrated to us. God loved you and me so much that he's willing to die on the cross for your sins and my sins. He's willing to do what you and I couldn't do for ourselves. He was willing to pay the price that you and I could not pay. I mean, us collectively in this room and all of humanity from all generations could not pay the debt of our sin, but Jesus did. Jesus is trustworthy and Jesus is God. Jesus is the only God. And to be truthful here this morning, Jesus is only, he's the only way to God. There's no other religion there's no other belief system it's not like all paths lead to heaven i'm sorry that's not the truth god doesn't come to earth to die for people and say oh everyone else it's it's okay no no he's he's come to die for you and me so that we can have a relationship with him right like think of a relationship between a couple right it's not like we have this relationship looks like everything else no it's a relationship with him one-on-one and And if you don't want to be in a relationship with him, and if you don't want to follow him, that's on you, that's not on him. He's made every opportunity for us to see him clearly, right? You you can't look at the stars and you can't look at the sky and say, oh, wow, someone really smart did that. It must have been a bang. Yeah, because that makes sense, right? Like, Sorry, I'm going on a rant. The congregation who's here every week, they know the rant and they're like, okay, we get it. I mean, but think about it, right? Like Jesus is God, the eyewitness accounts, like who do you know is a person that has the ability to make people who cannot see, see, who has the ability to tell someone who cannot walk, get up and walk, who has the ability, right. To, to, to know that someone has died. Right. Think of the story. Jesus goes to a tomb and says, come out Lazarus and Lazarus comes out. Like who does that? Who, who, like when was the last time you read the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times and it was like, oh, this guy came around and it was like a bunch of people that were dead and like all of a sudden they're alive. Like I haven't heard that story. You haven't heard that story, but we hear it in this story. Jesus is God. Third thing I want us to see in this section. And I think this is true for us. Jesus defeated sin and death. Your biggest, look at me for a second. Your biggest obstacle, your biggest adversity, your biggest enemy, it isn't the other political party. Your enemy is not the people who don't think like you or who who act like you or who don't look like you. Your biggest enemy isn't your crazy boss or your wonky coworker or your dysfunctional owner, right? The biggest obstacle and the biggest barrier that you have to work through every single day is sin and death. Sin separated us from God. Adam and Eve sinned before God and God looks at it as though we were there. The biggest obstacle you and I face is sin. That means that, that we don't think purely. We don't, we don't feel purely. We don't act purely. We're not perfect. We're sinful people. We make mistakes. We hurt people with our words and our actions. We create division and strife in our world. For centuries, mankind has always fought battles and battles and battles. Jesus in this passage sees the issue that you and I face, which is sin and death. Because we sin, we have to die physically because we sin, we have to die spiritually. That's the cost. And Jesus comes into this, into this earth and says, listen, you can't pay the price for sin or death. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand in your place. I'm going to take on the wrath. I'm going to take on the humiliation. Think about what happened in Jesus' time. He was a person, right? He was God before man and they humiliated him. They tortured him for something. He didn't commit for you and me so that you and I can have life. Think about it today. Jesus is humiliated. Even to this day, there are people who blaspheme against his name. There are people who don't trust and believe him. How can you not trust and believe in the creator and sustainer of the universe? But they blaspheme and humiliate him and make fun of him even to this day. To this day, Jesus is still paying the price for our sin, meaning meaning he is still being humiliated. And Jesus in his great love and mercy and kindness that we do not deserve comes to this earth so that you and I can have life. You and I can have life abundantly. And not only just this life now, but the life to come. So what makes us different in this room, meaning if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, what makes us different from the rest of the world is, is that sin and death have no power over us. We're not afraid to die. True followers of Jesus Christ are not afraid to die. You know why we're not afraid to die? Because this life is just temporary. We have a better life to come. Right? There's so many people who put their faith and trust in this world. There's so many people who put their faith and trust in our world systems, right? Like they're hoping that our world is going to get better. Have you taken a look? It's not getting better. It's getting worse. And then there are people like, oh, it's gonna get better. It's gonna be okay if we just, just get along and sing a couple of songs. It's like, hello, wake up. Like, are you seeing what I'm saying? Like, right, like you can't even have, you can't even have a political disagreement with people because it's like, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous now. I mean, and then people are, think about what our world is doing. They're looking to political candidates to save them. They're looking for organizations and movements and cool things that are coming around in our culture now because it makes us feel good and, and, and it makes us feel that we have a purpose. And let me tell you something, that there is no purpose, right? Like, there is no purpose. It's just getting worse. And Jesus is saying here, listen, I, Hello, I'm the person that allows you to live. I'm the person that has conquered death and sin so that you can have your life. Why don't you believe in me, not in them? The fourth thing I want us to see why the resurrection is important, right? We're, at, we're answering that question. Why is it important? It's because he's conquered sin and death. And also too, Jesus is coming back. I know that sounds crazy. Look at me. We believe, Hey, we believe that Jesus is alive. He's in heaven and he's coming back. Look at me. I am well aware. That sounds weird. Well aware. I have no problem being weird. I have no problem with that being awkward and weird. You know why I have no problem with that? Because I truly believe that that the Bible says that he's coming back. Then I put my faith in God and saying, all right. Yeah, come back. Beam me up, Scotty, because this world ain't getting better, right? Like, like, come back now. Come back now. Jesus is coming back, and let me tell you something. He's not coming back with rabbits and chocolate. He, He's not coming. Sorry, I'll throw that in there. He, he really isn't. He's, he's not coming back with rabbits and chocolate. And he's not like, oh, let's all dance in the field. No, he's coming back as king and judge. And he's coming back. And this is what he's going to do. He's going to be like, listen, you, you guys screwed this up. Bad. I fixed it. Now I'm co- coming to settle the score. And when he comes back, listen to me. I'm going to get a little hard now. When he comes back, he, he comes back as king. But he comes back as judge. He's going to judge the evilness and wickedness of this world. And if you have not put your faith in Jesus, God is going to come and say, you didn't want to be part of my family. You don't get to come now. That's a harsh reality. I'm sorry. But it's better to be with Jesus now than to, than to say, I'm just going to wait this thing out and see how it ends. No, 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 no. You, you don't want to wait this thing out. He's coming back. And and the good news is that when he comes back, everything is made perfect. Meaning no more sin, no more death, no more anxiety and fear, no more bad Chipotle. All the good Texas Roadhouse Rolls you can have if, if you, if you've been here for a while, you know I've been working that joke for a couple of weeks now. Worked it last week, and I've worked it in today. Um, but no, he's coming. He's coming back. He- here's the other. Here's the other thing. What what um, what Jesus' resurrection means for you and me? It means that Jesus is alive. It means that you and I don't celebrate, uh, uh, we don't celebrate a God who's stuck on a cross. We don't celebrate a God who's still in a tomb, right? The last time I remember, Muhammad did not rise from the dead. Um, The last time I remember, Jim Jones didn't come back. Um, I don't think David Koresh is walking around these parts and saying, hey, I'm the Messiah. Like, truly, we believe that Jesus is the resurrected Lord, so... So we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God who was living in the past. We don't serve a God, right? Who, who was just telling us stories from back in the day. We truly serve a God who's alive, who is active, moving in our hearts, moving in our mind. There's no other religion that does that. I don't care what they say. No other religion in which a God says, I'm going to be with you through good times and bad times. And not only that, not only am I going to be with you through good times, that when, when life is rough, when, when you have anxiety, fear, problems, situations that you can't handle, when the mountain is too big to climb and when, when the relationship is going to be broken, when the relationship is fractured, when the kids are acting crazy and your kids are crazy, when life gets tough, you know what he says, I'm going to give you peace. Patience, joy, kindness. I'm going to give you self-control. He's going to give you all the things that you need. Well, who else does that? Tell me, who, who does that? Who, who provides all the things that you need for everyday life? And, and some of you might say, my spouse or my kids. Yeah, temporary for those 10 minutes. Jesus is alive and well. Last thing I want us to see. That Jesus, right, the the blessing that we have in celebrating the resurrection, the reason why the resurrection means so much to every Christian is this. It means that you and I get to have a new life. That's the blessing. You can't save yourself. You, you can't save yourself from life's problems, right? Like, there's no amount of effort, no amount of good works, no amount of, of trying really hard to save you for what we've divided. We divided ourselves from God. We separated ourselves from him. We caused the division. And now he says, hey, listen, I want you back in my family. I want you to be part of my family. And I extend this new life to you. But, but this new life, you, you have to In your heart and your mind have to reconcile that and you have to choose to come to him. He first has to illuminate your heart, meaning he has to open up your heart. He has to open up your mind so that you can see him clearly. And in response to him opening up your heart, in response of him opening up your mind, in response of him changing your heart, you say, oh, I'll follow you. And let me tell you something. My life is a testimony of what God has done. Before, my, before Jesus, before Jesus, my life was a wreck. Before Jesus, I had no purpose. Before Jesus, my relationships were fractured. Before Jesus, I was anxious and fearful and afraid. Before Jesus, I treated people poorly. I was pursuing the next thing. I was only looking for money and wealth and prosperity. I was anxious about life's problems because I thought this world can give me comfort. I thought this world has something good to offer me, but then Jesus came and changed my life. He gave me a new life and that new life. I don't care about this life, meaning, meaning I'll cherish the life that I have now and I live it for Jesus. But this time is short and the time that I'm here, I just want to spend it serving Jesus, loving Jesus and loving people. Well, Let the world figure out their problems and situations, right? Like, let them fight it out. I'm here to just point people to Jesus. In a couple of moments, you're going to see people testify, meaning they're going to show you this morning what God has done in their heart, meaning what God has done in this passage, right? The picture that we're going to see is, right, just as Jesus died on the cross and came back to life, people are going to get baptized. There's nothing in the water, I promise you. There's no magical solution or powder in there. It's just a symbol. And the symbol is that our old life, right, going in the water, the anger, the fear, the anxiety, the pain, the hurt, the struggles, all those things go in. The person I used to be The person not following Jesus, the person who didn't believe in Jesus, the person who didn't want to know Jesus dies in that water. It's a symbol, comes back to life out of the water as a new person, testifying, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to love him. I'm going to pursue him. And I'm going to wait for him to come back. That's what we're going to see. And that's the life you can have today. You can have new life with Jesus now. You can have a better life with Jesus. It doesn't mean that your life automatically becomes really easy. It doesn't mean that the kids, the wives, the job, the money, the world, the culture, the government gets easy. No, it just means that, that you get to go through it, that you're not alone. So many people are alone in this world. Like, aren't you tired of being hopeless? Aren't you tired of living this life by yourself and for yourself? Aren't you tired of just being selfish and self-centered? Don't you want to have purpose and meaning in life? Don't you want to live your life, right? Don't you want to look back in your life and say, I gave up my life for Jesus. And that when you die, you get to see him. Or you just want to go through your life and saying, ah, maybe we'll see. And at the end realize that he was real and you never could live for him now. And then live with that regret. Why don't you accept the new life? Now change your life, join the crazy people in this building, be weird with us, be ornery with us and watch and see your life flourish in ways it's never have. Let's pray. Why don't you take a moment? Maybe you've never talked to God. And you're still interested in knowing more about him. Or maybe you know him at one time and years have passed. Decades have passed or weeks have passed. And you haven't completely reconciled your life with him. There's no magic words or prayer. You can just talk to him like you were talking to someone in the room. You can simply say, God, I just want to know you more. I want to follow you. I wanted to pursue you. You can tell God, I want to believe in you. Help my own belief. Father God, I pray for every single person in this room. I pray for the person who doesn't know you. God, would you rescue them from themselves? Will you rescue them from the muck and the mire? Show them now how much they need you. Show them now how much life is better with you. Show them now that this life is far more worth living with you than without you. God, the people who do know you, and it's been a long time since they've talked to you or they had a relationship, would you rescue them too? Bring them back to you. Show them what life was like. Bring clarity to them. And Lord, for the people who don't believe because because you don't fit in their little box of explanations of why you exist and you're real God, would you show them? Let them see the sun. Let them see the sky. Let them see the earth. Let them see people and know that you are the creator of all things. And it wasn't just a happenstance that you brought things to life. That you created it with a purpose. You created us with a purpose. God, show them too. And for those of us who do pursue you and follow you, let today be a celebration every day knowing that we serve a living God who's not dead. We serve a God who's living and alive and who's here. We pray this in the name of Jesus and God's people say, This has been a message from the chapel in Akron, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Our Sunday morning services are at 9 and 1040 a.m. You can join us online for our services by going to akronlive.thechapel.life. For more information about the chapel, please visit our website at thechapel.life.